Ladies, gentlemen, and all sports fans of Calgary, welcome to your morning show. Sports, life, food, and everything else. This train rarely comes off the rails. We've got big guests, the best insiders, and all the breaking news you need. Boomer in the Morning starts now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. So in the end, even though it's one night, worth the wait. My goodness. 31 years, bugger all, really. I think we were collecting interest from the last time they played with all the crooked numbers we saw. Ah. Good morning, sports fans. Good to have you along. Good morning, Alberta. <laughs> Hello, Alberta. How are we doing? I just kept thinking about... Our boy Frank and, you know, like Amber, who's come in from out of town, and Pierre Lebrun. Like, what a circus to show up to for your first game in Calgary of the postseason. Like, and they did the 9-5 one of these a few months ago? Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. Now, I was trying to think, when Frank was in here, Frank Valley NHL Insider, did he say that this was going to be his first game in Calgary or first playoff game in Calgary? First I think playoff. playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Because he would have probably been on a Philly beat at some point. Because I texted him afterwards. Well, I'm sorry it was such a snoozer for your first playoff game at the Dome. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it was, except that you and I had been to a game, well, I guess it was Rhett and I had done one, almost exactly like that. And I didn't want to say it early, but God, did that have Dolly Parton game vibes right from the get-go. I remember thinking about Dolly Parton. Now, again, the the tie-in, it's very on the nose, but it's uh, her hit 9-5. to That was the final score in that game, so we did a little musical montage daily. Watching as this thing, as the, as the goals rolled and the scoreboard continued to tick, oh, it's going to be a lot of goals here tonight. This is quite an evening. Uh, very rare. It's not going to happen every game or ever again in this series. But it's not going to get to that 9-5 to five thing. And then it absolutely did get to yeah. the 9-5 to five thing. And the fans at 3 nothing chanting, we want 10. You're thinking, you know what? That's a horrible vibe to put out in yeah, the, to the hockey universe. And, you know, one-off. Those are a little better. It was 9-6. Yeah. <laughs> I was going what? to send out a tweet before puck drop. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling someone's going to score early. It just had that, whether it was going to be McDavid grabbing a hold of the thing and going in and then scoring, or if what we got, Smitty letting in a an S-burger. Oh, boy. Um, and there it was. This now, It's very inside. The game sheet, because there's so many goals in all of this, it's like a three-page thing. It's on angles and stuff, so you can get everything in. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, you're writing on the back side of the paper in the old official scoring booth there at the old rank if you have a game like this. You kidding me? 15 26 goals? seconds in, 1 nothing. 51 seconds in, 2 nothing. And with that, history. Okay, this is, the kind of, this is the kind of night we're in for, is it? Okay, well, then good. And it just kept, then you got a timeout, and then you got another goal, and you got a goalie pull, and then McDavid, oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, still good, are you? And then. What seemed to be an insurmountable lead at five to one. <laughs> and you watched it almost evaporate six in two 13 as well. minutes. Yeah. Five one and six two. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it went away completely 
a minute 28 into the third. I was thinking about you. I was wondering how you were doing. How's Dean handling this? I was thinking about you because you were you were more you had trepidation for the McDavid the battle. Well, and McDavid, thing. the only reason they get back in this game is because McDavid yeah. would just took over and gave people backdoor tap-ins and rebounds. And there's a 55 goal guy. I put it right on his tape. He's wide open. Like McDavid was really good offensively last yeah. night on a night where they looked not that interested in engaging. Because yes, they got it back to six six, but when they were down by four, there wasn't much pushback. There was no setting up the series with physicality. The Oilers did not look interested in playing hard. And the Flames, frankly, didn't for about 20 minutes. But once it got tied, they went back to playing again. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I almost, I, again, talking about tweets, just what goes through your mind, when it was 5-1 in that area, it was like, do, I bet both teams would just like to say, okay, game one's over. Let's no one get hurt. No more miles. Let's just, let's go home. Get ready for game two. Because you're right. It felt like the way the Oilers were playing, they didn't have it in them to come back. No, and and Kane and Cassian weren't interested in really mixing it up. I mean, there was a few interactions, but they weren't punishing the Flames. They weren't going to make it a tough night. It was the opposite. When push came to shove, one team was more engaged physically and willing to go the distance than the other. And I just thought if the Flames, when you remember them losing three, four in a row when they did that Southeast U.S. trip, Tampa, Carolina, Florida, and then losing in Ottawa when they get home. Like, at least when they got down, they made life miserable. And they scrapped at the end, and they filled the penalty box in the final five minutes, and they set a message. Okay, you got us, but guess what? We're going to get a pound of flesh a different way. There was none of that from the Oilers. Now, maybe that's because when you're down by five and you have Connor McDavid or you're down by four, you're not out of it. But I know if the other team was down by four, they would have made things really ugly. The other side is uh, uncharacteristic. I... I don't know that it's close. The worst game for Jacob Markstrom as a flame came last night at the Saddle Dome. As he allows six on 28. Um, the, Did he allow the, six in like the series the against Dallas? Glo- <laughs> the glove. The glo- well, that's the thing. What a night! It's so funny. All the things that happened in the Dallas series all happened last night. They had 15 goals in the, in the whole round. After seven games watching the Flames against Dallas, did, did, did anyone else get whiplash watching like a period against Edmonton? They had more scoring chances last night, I swear, than they did in multiple games in that Dallas series combined. Like maybe all Dallas games together. It was crazy. It was like all the it was like the compressed air that was in the dome from those games where everything was so tight. It just let loose all in that for okay, one goal, then two, then three. This is not the Dallas Stars and Jake Ottinger. Now I don't know. The Oilers are going to be better. They were, they looked overwhelmed early. Their goalie didn't make a save for them. That's hard. Of course, they'll be better. Flames will be better too, though. That's the thing. And, and I don't know how you felt, but when they got back to 6 6, where you're like, oh no, the Oilers are going to win this? Because I found, a, I, I didn't really feel like as much as the game was tied that they were going to outplay Calgary for the remainder of the game. You know I, mean, I mean, I mean, the Flames just when they wanted to play, they outchanced, they held the puck, and they pretty much controlled everything. It's weird because you ask how was I doing or whatever at six six. It was it, what goes through my head is this is going to be a tough one for the Flames to lose. If you lose this one, you've lost. You best case now split heading to Edmonton for three and four plus mm-hmm. the lead plus the start. The whole thing, all of it for naught. Like somebody was walking out of that building having scored six with some shoddy goaltending and losing. Mm -hmm. But what was going through my head was 
this there's there's more goals to come. Yeah, it was did not feel like <laughs> this there was isn't like, oh over. Boy, the Oilers it, are in control yeah. now. I was like, no, they're just gonna have to score more, and they will, and they did. And and honestly, I didn't know if it was going to be the Flames because it was tied, and because of McDavid, things go can go any which way in the power play, what have you. But I I was just it was it was theater. I was just I'm I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. What what else have you got for me tonight? And if you were one of the fans that said, you know what, it's a little pricier, but it's the Battle of Alberta. It's been 31 years. No one's going to the old uh, ticket window to get a refund. That was absolute insanity. And I think the way it went made it a less hostile environment. There was more laughing than like gritting your teeth and cursing. It was just so much circus atmosphere. You couldn't help but just like smile and be like, oh my God, what what are we doing here? This is hilarious. It was eye rolling. Yes. and, and, And laughter. I saw some Oiler fan with his Flames fan kid in his arms walking around. They're both just smiling like... Yeah. This is nuts. No, that'll change. It it'll, will. It'll get tighter and all of that. But and both these in, teams came from a game seven, right? Like how tense were yeah. those games? Two nothing in Edmonton, Calgary in overtime, like Puckerville. We were talking about it. It was the exact opposite of that. Yeah, and and it, somebody tells is it is it Puckerville now at six six? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. You don't want to ever squander that lead, let alone in the playoffs. But I don't know what you take. Like. I, we sit here for three hours, four hours. We're going to t- talk about this hockey game. I don't know what you learned. I don't know what you can take from it. The Oilers will say, we're down one nothing. Who cares about game one? We'll want to be more physical. We're going to want to be ready to start the first period. And for the Flames, you're, you're going to want some saves for sure. And You're going to get saves. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, I don't expect you're going to allow six and nine, clearly. Both teams need better goaltending. Both teams want way more focused defensive play. But one team, when they were going, was way better than the other team. It was there was a couple shifts where it was just like it was a spin cycle, nonstop. It's like everything they learned against Dallas was showing up. Yeah, I did not expect that from the Oilers, though. No pushback. No one physically interested in setting a tone for the series. Now, look, it's game one. It's out of hand. Big picture, they don't need to do that there. They got two weeks. But I just don't know that they're going to be able to have the upper hand physically. I can't see it, to be honest. Evander Kane did not want a lot to do with guys in his weight class. That casting at the end, but mm, I don't like that matchup for you, bud. And then where do you go from there? Yeah, like, I, who's now going to mess around with Kachuk and Zadorov? Like, you're just, you're, you're, you're bigger, you're more physical, you're tougher, you're deeper. And you're right, this wasn't the game... At least the way I see it. I don't think this was one of those games. And I think it's because of the near comical nature of it. Mm-hmm. For the Oilers to drop the mitts and start fighting or, or whatever. That wasn't the tone of that game at all. It was just so... It, it was like a, a wet noodle that you just couldn't... Neither team could grab a hold of it, it seemed, at times, until the end. Uh, so, you know, you, move, you get ready for game two. I don't know what the, the message would be to the Flames. They have to love the way that they started and the way that they played for the most part. It's just whatever happened. Is it human nature? Is it the, the nature of sports? Certainly both of that. And, and again, I come back to it. Markstrom usually isn't going to let in those two Hyman goals. He's going to let in two the whole night if he gets, what, 28 shots against, typically. I mean, the McDavid goal, the first one, it, it takes a hop off. Like, it comes out off the end boards. He makes a play. Nice finish. Nice finish. Goal scorer. Evan Bouchard. On a tee. On a tee from McDavid. The two Hyman goals aren't great. Turn fire. They're placed nicely, but you'd want to have at least one of the two. 
they feel like the same goal, right? Like yeah. He turns, fires, post an inish, and and that, right? It, it they handcuff him in tight, but again, he's he's really deep in his net. He's down early. It's still routine stuff for that guy, a Vesna finalist. Then, off of a weird bounce in the final minute. As it goes off of Hannafin, then off of McDavid, and then Drysidle comes in. Well, wheels look just fine uh, on that play. Easier on a two-on-one with the best player in the world to look that way, right? Zings it, and I don't know if you you fall again. That you feel like that's probably that is one that Markstrom's going to save. Yamamoto ties it. That's off of a rebound, and and that's it. Again, but, that was McDavid creating the chaos, right? The thing is, though, I you I think you could kind of tell early in that game. And I put it online. Markstrom was a little jittery. Mm-hmm. He was kind of side to side down, it, it, out playing the puck. He didn't look comfortable. I think that, that he true. had yeah. some nerves early. Well, Smith clearly did as well. Like his puck touches were awful yeah. for someone that people hilariously call the best puck playing goalie in the league. Like, he can do special things handling the puck, but like go look at all his touches and where they ended up. And I'm sorry, no. Yeah. And for the for the fans and the media and everybody that was wound up, it was yeah, it, it affected these players early too. Because they, uh, th- it was very much out of sorts. You go back to Smith now, right? If you're Woodcroft? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's not like any goalie played well. You know what the Flames are going to do, but I S- mean, Smith allows three on ten leaves. Koskinen comes in, is steady the rest of the way in the first period, and then five on twenty eight the rest of the way. So in the in the in the Dolly Parton game it was Koskinen that started and he allowed five on twelve in the opening I wanna say like twenty four minutes, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Smith comes in, not a lot better four on twenty six. Last night it was the opposite order. I don't know that um this is the right building for Mike Smith at this point. It'd be a lot easier to bring him home and start him in game three. And I don't know that he's better than Koskinen. He certainly wasn't last night. Um, and look, there's, there's, if he's human and not a robot, he understands what that crowd's going to be. That's not an environment that he thrived in, and he knew what he was coming into. Now, again, all three goalies are bad, but I just wonder if you don't give him a bit of a reset and start him at home in a less hostile environment. Even if you think he's your guy, which I, he has been, but that's that with goalies. Who who knows? I'll tell you this: this playoff, not just goalies, just been unpredictable. How do you sit here and say anything with definitively? I, but I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if they go back to him because if it's if it's a Koskinen start, then you've played that card a little bit. If you're Woodcroft, then you go back. You, I feel like if if you go to Koskinen, that's a sign of. A bit of a loss of faith in Smith, who's clearly been the guy down the stretch in, uh, in the regular season and through round one. Had a shutout last round. This was one of those nights. I think you can chalk it up that way. If you're starting Koskinen, I, I, I don't know, Mike Smith's 40. If, if the crowd, if you're looking at it and something, you can't start Mike Smith because the crowd is loud and into no, it? No, I, I, not the crowd, but all of it. It's his old team. He was three on 10 in four minutes and five seconds. He was awful. It's starting Mike Smith after probably the worst start in his NHL career. That's what it is. In the playoffs, against his old team, in that environment. I like I, like I could see him go both ways. I'm just trying to build the case for Costin here because Smith looked really uncomfortable and awful. Which I was okay with. I figured you might be. 
A lot of people reaching out. I do appreciate the. Yeah, I, fi- uh, I figured they'd be just checking. being in people's thoughts. Yeah. That kind of kind of them. See, they uh, you've you've had an impact. There you go. When people are at a hockey game, they're watching a sporting event, and you you come into their uh, headspace. A lot of people just checked and said, "Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing?" We've had some moments. I've bitched moments. and complained the last two postseasons. They went by so fast. We didn't have any memorable moments, things that you would be talking about years down the road. You're right. The Colorado series, whoosh, There was over. nothing. It was just the over. The bubble, what, uh, how do we get oh, here? Was there a lead in game one? Oh, no, no. There was a lead in game six. That didn't last long. I remember that moment. And now you think of this Dal- the Dallas series, a Goudreau penalty shot, Ooh. the Goudreau winner, Overtime. the saves, Ottinger, all of that. And now this, and we're one game in. You'll never forget this game for the rest of your life. I'm not going to forget the (laughs) 9-5 one on March 23rd. This is nuts. This one rings more than the the regular season one. Of course it does, but it's twice in a season you hung nine on your rivals. Like, what? Nine? Twice. The first Battle of Alberta in 31 years, and that's what came up. Is is amazing. And well, and it's funny. Like our broadcast team for the radio side was like, "Well, we're not gonna. It's not gonna be that game in March. There won't be. I guarantee you, it won't be a nine five game." Well, there was a nine six game, and it was, I guess, eight six at one point. It never got to nine five. But oh, and then post game, it's we're never gonna see this again. It's two in a row of these. Yeah, and I just don't know that you can trust Oilers goaltending to be not spotty at points. It's not been consistent. When Smith's bad, he's awful. When Koskinen's bad, he's awful. I'm not saying there's going to be another 9-5 no, I one, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Flames get to six goals again in one of these games in this series. I also wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they're held to one or zero. I just think back to last round when, was it? well, it was a Smith start. I'm trying to remember which game it was, but McDavid came out. We scored four. That should be enough to win. We got to get... Gotta that was game one. They lost 5-4 after yeah. the Smitty Pizzeria giveaway up the middle. I can't help but wonder. Oh, yeah. This, so this is McDavid going back to last round. Smitty, pizza up the middle. What was the final? 6-4? Empty netter? I'm trying to remember. Maybe an empty netter. But they scored four, and this was McDavid's quote after. They play a 1-3-1. A one, one. You know, we know that. You know, we found ways to produce offense. You know, we scored four tonight. That needs to be enough in a playoff game. Obviously, it's not. You know, we got to keep the bucket over it. So what if you score six in a playoff game? I don't even know if they played that well. No, I, I was going to say. I, I and it was, saw- the 5-4 was the overtime game. That was the one where it was game five. They rallied in Edmonton. It was 4-3 in game one, 5-4 in overtime in game five. That's where LA got way ahead. And McDavid there just is, went yeah. nutso to force overtime. They were down by two goals twice in the You're third. You're right. That was after that OT. Somehow the Kings won that overtime game. Yeah, Kempe 72 seconds in or whatever it was. And for Oiler fans, this is nothing new to watch your team and feel like you're at such a disadvantage because of your net minding. Yeah, and, and, and that, last night and, the Flames didn't get it, but you still, like, how do you handicap the next six? How is Koskinen or Smith going to be better than Markstrom? Because this was a night, if and there's no telling. Everything, it, I feel like one, it, it, all the events of last night, one connects to the other. I don't know if, I don't know if... Markstrom is better. Obviously, I don't think the Oilers get to six. I don't know that the Oil, that the Flames get anywhere near nine. I just, you had a night where Markstrom was off and you scored six. I'm with you. I don't think Markstrom is going to be that shaky again or close to it. Agreed. So you had an opportunity on the road 
on a night where one of the top three in the league looked overwhelmed and you got to him and you still lost by three. And you never had a lead. I'm sorry if Jay Woodcroft said it so many times in the postgame. You could see the messaging he wanted. He said six goals, six goals. We scored six on the road, six against Calgary, six against their number one, six, six, six. Guess what? You didn't lead once. And you don't score six if you had a lead early because the Flames actually would have kept playing. They kicked their feet up for a good 15 to 25 minutes. And it went from 6-2 to 6-6. And then when it was tied again, they looked at each other. Oh, we're in a game again? They floored it for another two and got an empty netter. 9-6, your final. I thought this would be a much more, like, look, there's lots to unfold. It could be one nothing next game. I don't see where Edmonton has an edge now beyond having Connor McDavid. Leon is not 100%. The decors seem night and day different. Like, yeah. watching Duncan Keith out there logging big minutes? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Chris Russell like, getting like banged Tanev's around. Like, Tanev's out, and the Flames' decor is significantly better than that group. And then you look at lines three and four, and the Flames are rolling Yarncroke, Dubé, and Toffoli on a third line. Lucic and Lewis and Richie wreaking havoc. Like, I, it has to be... One of these goalies finds a hot streak, and Connor's the best player on earth for two weeks. I, I, it just, I think, I, I, there was no physical pushback either. I thought that they would at least challenge on that front. I still think we see that. It may not result in an Euler win, but I think we see that two, three, in this series. This, I, this is not a sweep in my mind. This is not just going the other way. Um, I, and the physical nature, that'll be the other thing because it was brought up afterwards. And when the players talk about it, when the coach talks about it, when you're not embarrassed, but when that part of your, the masculinity within the game, the, the physical nature of a physical sport, when you don't have it and it's brought to everyone's attention, I think that you can't help but expect that they're going to be more physical next game. They've, and it doesn't, they've been challenged. Yeah, it doesn't mean scrapping, but just up and down that lineup. I would think Nurse is going to be a little, you're going to have, he's going to have to have a little bit more stink to him I don't know about Evander Kane because he gets into penalty troubles yeah you but didn't see and, good Kane last night and Cassian imagine um, scoring six he's got no points in 20 minutes I honestly didn't know if he was if, if he was playing until he took that penalty and he was on that line he was it was so quiet and he, and he had good company of course but it was 7-10 of the second I'm like yeah where's oh Cassian there he is Meanwhile, Lucic had established his presence early. Zadorov and Goodbranson were doing their thing. Like the Luch hit on McDavid is that like that that was the physicality in a nutshell. Calgary got good licks on Edmonton's best player. Yeah. And I don't feel like that happened the other way. And then the hilarity of you know Luch coming away with the only two in there when he gets mobbed for hitting McDavid with the clean hit. That was something. And that's yeah. that's something they gotta watch for. Those two penalties in the first were ticky-tacky. That's big trouble for the Flames if that's going to be a threshold. But it just felt like the refs managing a quick lead for the other side. And I do think we sit here and we a lot of the things that we expected are, are coming home to roost. And that is the Lucic physical tone. He's an imposing guy. And, and you're right. He went after their best player. What are you going to do about it, guys? And... What are you going to do? 
I mean, he took a penalty. I guess you score in the power play. That's that's how it, but, it, but ultimately again, you do it. But the, that's not a penalty in real life. That no. that was a that that, that was whoops, a that, that's coincidentals is probably how that usually goes because he gets mobbed. So there's a roughing on someone, and then he drops his gloves and gets a light pop in. Like take them both. I guess, but, but I it's guess the that's, best player in the world. and It's two nothing. So there we go. I mean, I guess that's nothing. the referees trying to. I'm only taking one. If it's zero zero, that's not, and it's not McDavid. That's not. It was a horse horse bleep call. call. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, if you need him, eight shots, four pims, three goals, some uh, what looked to be some some high level chirping of Evander Kane. Well, he's there to help. He's uh, and you know what? He's made some good cash. He's about to have a huge financial windfall this offseason. I'd expect in the form of potentially a long term deal. I mean, maybe his next career is becoming a lender. Yeah. Kane, it's just it's 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 very much on the tee for everybody. It's like you're you're gonna you're back in the league and you're playing great and I you're, I think you're gonna factor into the series and all that, but uh, you're gonna you're gonna get some. You're gonna hear about it a little bit. And and look, if you're Kane and you're named after a boxer and you pride yourself on being tough as nails, where's the matchup you can exploit I, here? You know, I don't question his toughness. I think he well, is. Well, but tough. but would he dance with Good Branson or Lucic if it came down to it, he's or is fought, that the bad trade off? He's fought Good Branson once. And and it was it was fine, no big deal. But I just thought, how does he impact this series? Because I, I didn't I didn't tell he was brutal last night. And when he gets surrounded by those types of guys, that he's probably not a good trade off for him. It's like tough spot for him. You're not playing well, and you're going to say no multiple times a night. That's not the rep of a power forward. It's it's a lot on his plate. If that's if if the Oilers' mandate now is to be more physical, to defend teammates, to stand up to these flames, that's a lot to ask of him because I do think he's tough and I do think he can scrap, but he's not a heavyweight. Totally. And Good Branson is, and Lucic is, and Zadorov is a middle. He's physically heavy. We haven't, we haven't seen him fight a whole but, lot, but, but the physical two, enough yeah. that like you know he's yelling at Jamie Ben saying you're next. He's not afraid. Yeah. So I don't the, know. It's. And the thing that I thought is that the friendships need to be over for Lucic. We've seen all Lucic has had an opportunity over the last couple of years. Go, it's a battle of Alberta. Get in there. Go against you. Oh, I still kind of like those guys. Got some friends in that room. You don't want to hear that. And that was gone. Now, granted, it was Kane he was going after, so that one's well, easy. Well, it was McDavid before the game. He was asked, but what friend? I don't so, know. Dave's not my boy. Like, it's, it's for him to take the run at McDavid. Good, because that's over. And that's more to the point of physicality for me, isn't that the Oilers have to be tougher, but if the Flames are going to get licks on McDavid, what are they going to do about it? And last night, they didn't have an answer. That's going to be one of the storylines, right? Either the refs are protecting McDavid too much or they're not doing enough to protect McDavid because, you know, that's clearly the Flames, that's one of the top priorities is getting on that guy. Take Take your chances with everybody else. All due respect to Leon Dreisaitl, but there's one guy that can kill you in that locker room. And that one guy was in on almost every goal they scored. Yeah, and he still had four last night. And was a dash, but yeah, crazy. Uh, Pinder Report coming up. Do we, uh, we're fairly confident about uh, our guest in hour two? Our guest told (laughs) me he was, uh, he turned down tickets. Is that right? To make sure that he was in good shape to be here. Wow. So Corey Saric out today. He's very busy. He's got uh, some kids, some, uh, I don't know what it is. Yes, he does have kids. I think he's got like, what, three, four, eight? Some kids things going on. Yeah, that's right. So we are expecting 
and looking forward to having Mike Commodore in studio, the big man who uh, is from Fort Sask. I got to wonder if he grew up an Oiler fan, but of course landed in Calgary and is, is oddly remembered as one of the more memorable flames going back to 2004, despite the fact he played very little. Hour number three, Andy Strickland will join us. He is in St. Louis, one of the reporters. Obviously got the Cam and Strick podcast. Great guy. Good to have him on. The St. Louis Blues, they've got one coming up tonight against, uh, where, where are we here? As uh, the Blues in Colorado, 730 start. 750. Fair enough. Um, Colorado got it done in overtime. Against the Blues. Dominated the needed overtime. That, that was a bit of pucker the other way. It was. And it was kind of some Ottinger vibes there. Bennington and his posts, a lot of saves. And had a lead, if I'm recalling right. I think the Ryan one goal made it 1-0. But and it was they a, tied it a lot two. of the game was 2-1 Colorado. We'll get his thoughts. We'll talk, we'll talk some hockey with Andy Strick. We have a game two. We know that now. With last night's result, we know there will be a game two in this series. You can take the asterisk yeah. off game two. Uh, we will have the code word for game two. You'll hear it today. You'll hear it tomorrow as we've got another pair of tickets. Lower bowl seats, Flames and Oilers. That's coming up. And I believe it is Thursday, which means we're going to be uh, giving somebody a lovely little beautiful basics package from our friends at Green Draw. Nice. Yeah. So that's all coming up. What a show. Yeah. What a night. 9-6, Flames beat the Oilers. Sportsnet 960, the fan. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kuja with a triumphant comeback. More as solo. But tonight. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We are into it here on a Thursday. It's weird because I, I guess it depends what circles you run in, certainly in, in the people I would associate with. But on a day where you're the premier of your province up and quits, <laughs> it's not close to the most talked about story in the province. That not day. even close. It's like, oh, did he? Oh, yeah. But did you did you see I did. what happened at the Dome? I saw a good tweet where the, the goalies allowed 51% of the shots fired on net. That was the uh, vote of confidence percentage in the leadership conversation. Thingy. Really, a 51. Yeah. Is, that, is that good? You know me in math. Probably not. Not my forte. Doesn't sound good. No, it's not great. Eh, not what you want to be for. Uh, Anyways, and I don't want to get politics. Neither here nor there, Dean. But uh, I guess the point I'm making is, I've lived in Red Deer. I lived in Edmonton for a year. I've mm. traveled in. Like we've all been. Regardless, if you're here, you probably really care about one of these two teams. They love the Oilers up in that. You mean get you get past Red Deer, you get Leduc, Edmonton. Fort Sask, Lloyd Minster, you keep going. The big time Oilers. And I'd be big Oilers. Flames, be some Flames fans sprinkled in. But I would love to know, and there's no really real way to do it. Mm. But how many Albertans within the provincial the boundaries watched that game last night? Because they would. This is their team. They care. yeah. It's a good question. So let's say like two million people in Canada watch that game, something like that. Like how many are just in this province? Yeah. How many were just from here? Because I don't know that the you know <laughs> seven fifty puck drop nine fifty Eastern was conducive for Ontario, no. nor that the rooting interest would be anything near. 
And in Toronto, there's a lot of Leaf fans. They're not hockey fans. They're Leaf fans. So once their team's out, they don't really care. It's not necessarily a shot, although maybe it is. That sounds like a huge shot. Anyway, we got Mike Commodore coming in after uh, the top of the hour. Andy Strickland, tickets, that whole thing. But it's time for the Pinder Report, brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes. 51st Ave, 3rd Street, Southeast. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. Ryan Pinder. Thank you. Appreciate that, yeah. That was a big one there. Down to Alberta last night? It was. I don't know about you, but uh, it had my full attention. W's. That's what I'm impressed. That's what I'm impressed, too. Mm-hmm. BOA 6.1. What do we need to know before puck drop? Well, despite the in and out and yes and no and skating and not skating and hurt and not hurt, Chris Tanev did not suit up. Six defensemen, none of them named Tanev. 12 forwards, one of them named Brett Ritchie. That was your lineup, despite Daryl being asked, what, in the last 24 hours? How's Chris Tanner feeling? He's feeling great. Now, maybe it was about his chances or about the menu that he saw at uh, an upcoming uh, dinner, but feeling not great enough to play hockey, apparently, in game one. Crazy first period. Let's get right to it. There's a lot of meat on this bone team. Moves it ahead to Lindholm, who shoots and scores! Just Shapati scores! While they are announcing Elias Lindholm's game and series opening goal, Andrew Majapati, two goals in 51 seconds. Check steals, shoots, and scores! Brad Ritchie scoring his first career Stanley Cup playoff goal, and he makes it 3 0 Flames. I didn't mention the starter, but he didn't really play a lot. That was it for Mike Smith, who allowed three on ten through less than five minutes. Hmm. I mean, what, so what? Where are you when this happens? What's going? Because you more than anybody else, I would. Oh, okay. Good night, guys. It was. Uh, I was okay with it. Yeah, I was happy that the fans got to really give him a good cheer, and then he was out. And to be fair, he was not necessarily the worst goalie in the game, as weird as that sounds. Oh, yeah, hang. He was the first of three bad goalies last night. Stay with us. McDavid would strike to make it 3-1. That was your score through 20. Another great start for the Flames as they came flying out of the locker room to start the second. Coleman scores! Blake Coleman scores his first goal of the Stanley Cup playoffs and makes it 4-1 Flames. With a shot, he scores! Noah Hennepin took the shot, and it looked like Blake Coleman redirected the puck past Miko Koskinen, and it is 5 to 1 Flames. Okay, this is getting nutty. We're 26 minutes and 10 seconds into the game, and it's 5 1 Flames. Mm-hmm. And the fans, kind of tongue in cheek, were chanting, We want 10 after 3 nothing start early, but all of a sudden you were on pace for significantly more than 10 on this crazy BOA 6.1. The hell's going on here? What's in the water in the locker rooms? These guys high as kites? This is like a complete mess defensively for Edmonton. Flames running roughshod, but then, hey, you're up four. Uh, hang on now. You, you, there's a lot of hockey left. 
Bouchard makes it 5-2. to two. Kachuk makes it 6-2. You're still up by 4. But look out. Oilers all of a sudden would uh, take advantage of the Flames who hit the snooze button. Hyman pots a pair midway through the frame. Then Drysaddle in the final minute of the second. Mm-hmm. And 6-5 through 40? We, we got a game. What? what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Early third. The Oilers finally with a good start. Drives to net and shoots. And Markstrom stops him. Rebound. They score. Kyler Yamamoto. Four unanswered. And a battle back to tie game one at six. At this point, it just felt like a complete replay of the Dolly Parton game. Wild swings, no one interested in saves. Edmonton loose defensively. Calgary snoozing. It was at the point almost that you felt like, I mean, the Oiler fans were pumped because they were back in it, but you almost couldn't celebrate goals because you knew well, that's not gonna be the last this is one. not going to hold up for any amount of time. Yeah, the, I remember saying when they were up by two on point, the next one's a really big one because if they can get up three here in the third. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know what it is. It's the torts quote. It's the absolute if can, torts. If you can save the torts quote, we'll get yeah, to it yeah. at the end here. Uh, 89 seconds after Yamamoto ties it, then this. A big one, apparently. Centers it, Anderson shoots and scores! Rasmus Anderson puts the puck into the top corner of the Oilers' net, and the Flames jump back out in front and take a 7-6 lead. And then this. Walks in, shoots, and scores! Matthew Kachuk! And the Flames are back out in front by two. It is eight to six. Uh, Kachuk would add an empty netter. The hat trick. Everyone threw their hats. It's up. Old Walt. He's not. It's his hat. I'm not throwing my hat. Nice hat. You seen all the games they've been to? All the seats? All the beers? Like you, you can't buy a hat? No, I. You know, I kind of respect that. If it's his lucky hat, that's fine. Because you know what? He's got his daughter and his other boy there. He can't be showing favorites. Well, right? and he can't be. They could do, you know, the other guys throwing hats. Like, how many hats am I gonna have to buy here? Marty buying you two hats if you threw yours. Come what's on this, now. What's his connection to the University of Virginia? He's always wearing that thing. I don't know. Weird. Is it Virginia or Vanderbilt? That is Virginia he's wearing. Is it? Yeah. Vanderbilt's a Where Nashville. does the daughter go? Well, maybe Virginia. Ooh, she's a field hockey player, she not? I believe it's, uh, yeah. That would make sense. Okay. Do some homework, Dumas. Before Seriously, Dumas. Out. Piping and ruining the Pinder report. Figure it out, Dumas. All right. All right. And so as the final seconds tick down, here's how it sounded. Game one coming to a close. Yeah. The first battle of Alberta in 31 years. Tempers flare as the clock has dropped to zero. Five wins down and 11 to go for the Calgary Flames, who win game one of this best of seven second round series versus the Edmonton Oilers. It was throwback night here at Scotiabank Saddledome. The last time these two teams played in the Stanley Cup playoffs was 1991. This game wasn't as rough as those games were, but much like back in the 1980s and early 1990s, plenty of goals tonight. The Flames defeat the Oilers 9-6 to take a 1-0 lead in this second round series. I put a bow on things there. Uh, 9-6 indeed was the final theme. No, that's a good question. Very good question. Kachuk, Gaudreau, Manjapani, and Anderson, all with three-point nights. We uh, were told that it was a boring series last time, so I told the players yesterday we got to score seven to ten goals today, knowing full well that they'd probably score five to eight if we had a, we could win, so that's what we did. 
It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. I wondered what was going through his head on the bench, knowing that you had this game in hand. Your team oh, came yeah. out with the start that you wanted, and then your goalie isn't sharp. They come all the way back and tie it. It's an early into the third after you've no question. You're very well aware after 40 minutes of what's just happened. We've got a lead. We're at home. Figure this out. Minute 28 later, it's tied. Huh? He'd have to have been just seething. Or it was just so ridiculous that you throw your hands up, you move you move along and you burn the tape. And that kind of, when he tells the joke there in the post-game scrum, that might have been more a window into what was going on. There was so much circumstance, so much buildup, so much attention in and out of market, so much talk about 31 years. Okay, well, that one's out of the way. Let's actually start playing playoff hockey for game two. Because that did not look like a playoff game. That looked like a mid-February Tuesday. Matthew Kachuk knew it wasn't their best effort. Not good. Not good at all. It was probably our worst game of the playoffs so far. So um, we got super lucky. That's just not the recipe for success. Maybe we win this one, but we're not going to win many more if we're going to, you know, I don't know, play like that. So I thought we had a great start. Um, Second period really got away from us. And then, uh, you know, I think once we got a lead in the third, we played a little bit better, but just... You know, we got to be better with leads, and we had a four-goal lead twice. That should be enough in playoffs. So we'll be better uh, next game. Yeah, it was. It was not. It was not. Not good. Believe me, not good. Not good. Not good. He agrees. You know what last night was? A lot of Bing, Bing, Bing. It was a lot of Bing, Bing, like, Bing. Yeah. I mean, you get to 15 goals. There's a few that come. Bing, Bing, Bing. Smiths out. No. I bing, have... Bing, Bing. You're back within one. Start of the third. Bing. Bing, bing, bing. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Bing, bing, bing. They're cleaning up. Fix it up. Bing, bing, bing. A 14-point plan. Bing, bing, bing. Anthony Weiner. You know, the little bing, bing, bing. Everyone. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Steve? Are, are you happy? With, are you, yeah, I mean, there, yeah. look, we'll, we'll get to some playoff hockey probably as soon as tomorrow night. That was a circus. It was. All it was missing was like elephant poop and, you know, people doing flips on trapeze. It just goes to trapeze. Uh, it goes to show you everybody was was wound up for it. It wasn't just the fans. It wasn't just the That's media. True. These yeah. two teams. Because remember, none of these guys, they're not of the, of the age. Who remembers battles of Alberta in the playoffs? None of these players yeah, do. Like Smitty Bear might have been 10 when right? it happened. So they're, <laughs> so they're going off of what they've heard. And they were they were a part of it, and in a in a weird way, did it justice because it's a memorable game between these two in the playoffs. No question. Good game. luck if you went. Sorry, I was just gonna say, good luck wiping that from your hard drive if you were at the game last night or yeah. watched it. I mean, and if there's only one way that game two can get more entertaining, it'll probably be uh, off the playing surface and in the stands with an eight thirty start on a Friday at the I Dome. Forty one cores like glug glug. Hey, drinky, mix in a water. Do we have any alcoholics among us? Uh, me? Right here. I'm drunk right now. I'm a trap. One beer! Two beers! Three beers! Four beers! Duh. Things are getting a little drunk right now. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> well, see, not everybody subscribes to that. I think some people will go and have a nice dinner and then go to the game. It's an 8.30 start on a Friday in the Battle of Alberta, oh, yeah, and there'll yeah. be more blue and orange in the stands than there was on a Wednesday. Buckle up. And a long weekend, right? Is that yeah, this? that's correct. You've got multiple days to recover from whatever trouble you get yourself into.
Well, good. We'll get things started at 7.30 with warm-up. That would make sense. And I don't know if they're doing the old switcheroo. Is 8.30 actually 8.50? Because that's something. That's even another couple <laughs> rounds of drinks. What's going on here? Yeah, that's good. Scene switches uh, for games three and four to the cultural capital at the foot of the Rockies. That's a Sunday, Tuesday. Scene switch. Other action around the NHL. Let's go. Rangers. Hurricanes. Game one in Raleigh. Let's hear it. Here's Lafreniere. Setters wide of the goal. Philip Heedle makes it 1-0 New York. Just more than seven minutes in. The kid line strikes first. Kid line. Goal. Early start. Rock and roll. Looked like, okay, here we go. Well, no, that was the only goal we saw and beginning to look like the only goal we might get all game as Igor Shesterkin was doing Igor Shesterkin things. And the division-winning Canes couldn't seem to solve them. Let's go late to the third. Less than two and a half minutes remaining. They're two and a half away from getting blank for the third time. Here's another great chance. Aho scores! Sebastian Aho has tied it with 2.23 to go. That he did. Yeah, it was Puckerville, uh, North Carolina, or wherever it is uh, last night in that third period. Are we going to get blanked on home ice? They're literally talking about it as the goal scored. Listen to the beginning of this again. I know, I know. They're talking about it. They're two and a half away from getting blanked for the third time. Nervous Nellies. Nervous Nellies. Instead to overtime. What happened there? Pesci gets it to Smith. His rocket doesn't get through. Knocked down by Truba. Ian Cole. Turn, float one at the net. Off a ranger and in. He said post-game, I was looking for someone open, didn't see anyone, so I thought I'd just throw it at the net. Yeah, put it on net, boys. Good things happened, apparently. And uh, that, yeah, on Igor Shesterkin, somehow is the game winner in overtime, 3-12 into the fourth period. You heard the crowd. Pretty darn tidy, 18,705. They enjoyed that one from Nervous Nellies to a one nothing series lead. So that's now 5-0 and home ice, right? Because they won. That's right. They won all four against Boston. They haven't won on the road yet in the postseason. Yeah. Might want to work on that. But, yeah, you'll take a one nothing series lead against Shesterkin. Two and a half minutes away from being shut out. Tonight, here's what we're looking at. Florida, Tampa Bay. Not one ounce of evidence. It's the same as this bullshit <laughs> about Marty St. Louis being traded to f***ing New York for Callahan. Don't give me that shirt, Dean. Yeah, that was <laughs> crazy talk. Wow. I mean, this is bullshit. That's a 5 o'clock start on CBC and Sportsnet West. Kucherov was exceptional in game one, and we heard not during the end of that Tampa-Toronto series. He was like, oh, something's not right. Is he hurt? Oh, he just had a fever of 102 and played a game seven. No wonder he looked a little off. Why aren't his feet good tonight? He was pukey pants. Yeah, well, he wasn't two nights ago, and Florida needs to find a way to get leads in these playoffs. Uh, they were flummoxed by Washington defensively, and mm-hmm. they, they went out one nothing. but then Tampa took that game over. Playoffs are hard, Ryan. Apparently. Playoffs are a hard thing. Apparently. And already uh, Braden Point ruled out for game two. That yeah, came down we're yesterday. not expecting him back anytime soon. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going game by game here, ruling him out for a while. Get back, though. I mean, we'll Please do, Calgary you know, Boy. Calgary Boy beauty. He's a beauty. Uh, Tampa leads that series one game to none. These games in Florida, where I don't know if you saw it, they had that lead 
early. Uh, cleared out pretty quick when Tampa took over there in the third. Mm-hmm. It was suddenly pick-your-own-section night at a capacity crowd you know, 10 minutes earlier. They know how to get out, get to the exits in Miami. This ain't doing it for me. Let's head to that club there. We're going here. We got to be here before 2 a.m. when it lines up. Right. <laughs> get some smokes. Let's go. Uh, Colorado St. Louis tonight as well. I mean, it's him or Gretzky. They both wore the, the blue note. That's right. So it's either Bernie Federico or Wayne, greatest of all time, according to Brett Hall. 750 CBC Sports Night West, the second half of the doubleheader. Abs dominated in chances and shots, expected goals. Uh, they also dominated in posts. And Jordan Bennington dominated in amount of saves. They needed overtime to get past him. And it was uh, Sam Gerrard. Was that the, the OT winner? I'm thinking a different goal. Hey, Manson. Manson, that's right, dude. Good night for the D-men. Although, uh, Makar, pointless. Yeah, I would think... Got to be on the trade block. Stern talking to elevate, son. Other NHL news, Lady Bing finalists. Pardon me. Would you have any gray poupon? You know, the fancy boys, they were announced yesterday. Jacob Slavin, only five minors. Superb season from him. He had some offense this year without old Dougie, too. That's impressive. Jared Spurgeon, 10 or fewer penalty minutes in seven of his 12 seasons. Two defensemen up for the Lady Bing. I thought he got all cross-checky there at the end of the regular season. He was getting all pouty pants. Two of them. Uh, Kyle Connor, oh, no. 47 goals, fourth in minutes for forwards of the NHL. Four pims. That's two minors. So, we need some more secret sauce. So gentlemanly. So gentlemanly. Yeah, yes, yeah. Holding doors for old women carrying groceries to their car. Well, that's a good young man who raised you. Sweet boy. Which school are you off to for university? Uh, other news, John Hines, multi-year extension in Nashville. Head coach. Did a good job with Nashville. Only problem was he lost his MVP for the playoffs and got pumped. Waste eight days, as Daryl predicted. Colorado. Record 92-64-10. That over parts of three... Weird covid seasons, right? Shortened stops and starts, all that. Five years in Jersey prior. He's uh, locked down in Tennessee for a while here. Maybe he's got the Vanderbilt hat. That's where that is. Maybe it is, yeah. I don't know. Rob Blake, speaking of extensions, three years to hang on as the GM in L.A. He's been holding that position since 2017. He had that Philippe Deneau signing in the offseason. That's looked pretty savvy so far. Also, the Arvidsson ad. Nice little move ahead of the expansion draft. And has collected one of the best prospect pools in all of the league made the playoffs maybe a little has schedule kings he gets extended yeah maybe could still play i last night there was a team that could have used a right, rob blake if, yeah if, if drew doughty's gonna miss time again i'd strap him on rob and prepare him with jersey who do you put him with yeah maybe mikey, mikey? Yeah, yeah mikey maybe him mikey Ooh, physical pair yeah. uh let's switch to the majors friends where the jays were looking to break out the brooms on the m's Long-haired ace Kevin Gosman starting opposite Marco Gonzalez. M's had the long ball working. 1-1 contest. The number nine hitter, Cal Raleigh, rockets the first pitch he sees to deep center field, and that ball is going to slip over the top of the wall. An opposite field home run for Cal Raleigh. Ty France bats, and he'll club one out to deep left center field. Tapia races back, turns around, and that ball will land in the front row. The 2-2 pitch is corked up the right field line, carrying towards the wall and going into the bullpen. And it's 5-1, Ims. Oh, 
So Kevin Gosman does allow home runs. My bad. A Cy Young start to the season, not his best work last night. Although that said, just two earned runs on five innings pitch. The third home run came off Richards. 5-1 loss. Jays take two or three, but still haven't swept the series yet, which seems weird for that hot start they had. Off day today, back at the Rogers Center tomorrow. They open a three-game set against the god-awful lowly Cincinnati Reds, who've been on a heater of late to get their 10th win through 36 tries. Hoof. Poor Votto. I, hey, very wealthy Votto. Get him out of there, bring him home. Let's go. DH. Like, what's the closest they've had to a winning season or flirting with the playoffs? He's been there forever, it feels like. Mm. I remember Halliday, no uh, perfect game in the playoffs against him. So he did get to the playoffs yeah. then. If he, that's my logic there. That would be good logic. Ryu slated to start tomorrow. Again, off day today. And then uh, I guess the rotation will go Manoa Kikuchi. We'll see. NBA, let's go there quickly. Golden State hosting Dallas last night. Steph Curry was good. Rebound for Curry. Finney Smith defends the bump. Got it. Foul. Not right. It absolutely is not right. What Stephen Curry is doing here in game one. 21 points and 12 boards, Dean, for the shooter. Hmm. Andrew Wiggins, a Canadian, held Luka Doncic to 6 of 18 shooting. A little different than his game 7 he had against the Suns. He uh, frustrates. You make a frustrations. Oh. Uh, Golden State 112-87. That is not close. Uh, throttling in the Bay Area. Warriors take a 1-0 series lead. Tonight, game 2 between Boston and Miami. Jimmy Buckets went off in game 1. 41 points for the Heat. They lead the series 1-0. Uh, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 1 at 6.30 has this contest. And uh, look at this. It's major season again. You've got to be kidding me. Well, I think mm-hmm. some people are excited. Others seem a little stressed about it. Second ma- major of the year, am I right? Second major? Second major. Yeah. we got a golf yeah, expert right, in the yeah. room right now. I may as well throw it to him. Your favorites, Rom and Scheffler. We'll pack behind them. Rory, Spieth, JT, Morikawa, Smith, Matsuyama, Cantley rounding out your, I guess, what, top 10-ish? Three Canadians in the field. Corey Connors, done very well in majors of late. Mac Hughes and Adam Hadwin as well. And Bryson DeChambeau, sadly withdrawing, Dean, with a hand injury. John Daly, T1 right now. Through four. Yeah, he was first off the tee. That'll happen. <laughs> uh. And finally, CFL news. Huh? Wow. Love it. It's a long-ass field, right? That's a, you know, hmm. Uh, the CFLPA and the CFL announcing a tentative agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. Boy, the sky was falling and they fixed it in like a day. Good work, everyone. Thank- oh, good for you. So smarmy. That's a pender report. Can you feel? I mean, it's just dripping in here. Brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. They'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes. 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. That's hour one, hour two coming up. Mike Commodore, former Flame Blue Liner. When we come back, Sportsnet 960, the fan.